0: Welcome to Mission Control, Peralta Design's podcast on all things branding and digital marketing. Since 2008, Peralta Design has launched hundreds of brands with award-winning identities and websites. Join our hosts Ramon and Jorge as they use decades of combined experience to tackle topics with past clients, industry partners, and the rest of the PD crew. At Peralta Design, we launch brands. But for now, let's launch right into this episode of Mission Control. All right, everybody, welcome to Mission Control, where we respect the grind and reclaim the American dream. I am your host, Ramon Peralta from Peralta Design, and we launch brands. I'm very, very excited. We have a special guest. He's a dear alpha brother that I've known for well over 20 years, probably close to 30. Uh he's served our country honorably. He's recently retired from the army as a colonel and he's now completely reinvented himself. Uh yes, you heard that right. He he's just he's got an alias. He's he's living the dream and that's really the title of our show today. He's always had a dream to own and care for horses and he's doing it. And uh and I'm so happy for him. Please help me welcome Gus Trent, aka my brother Harlan Ware. Well well, thank you so much for that uh interrupt uh introduction, uh brother Brother Peralta. Uh thank you so much for uh having me. Uh this is quite a, a privilege for, for me to be on your show, so thank you again. So uh, just a little bit about me. Uh, I was uh, born and raised in uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and uh, always had this dream of uh, uh, having horses and being a cowboy. And uh, used to tell my friends when I was a kid that one day I would do that. And, and naturally, all my friends laughed about me and, and just thought I was crazy. But uh, wow, the good Lord has has brought that to fruition. And um, I have a horse ranch and, and have a horseback riding business. And I also uh, uh, produce uh, rodeos and um, also do a sport called cowboy mounted shooting where we shoot off the horses uh, with uh, old school revolvers, shooting blanks at uh, balloons. So those are kind of some of the things I do with my horses. And uh, again, a big shout out to my hometown of uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, home of the six time world champion Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay, well, I I guess that's in reference to, to you knowing I'm a big Giants fan. (laughs) we're only four-time world champions but i got you getting there but listen man in true alpha fashion you didn't just you know fulfill your dream of owning a horse it's like alphas are just extra because you just rattled off all these things you've got as an entrepreneur and a lot of our listeners are entrepreneurs you're you've got a lot of things going on with this business you've got the 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 ranch where you, where people come and see you, right and then right. You're doing the rodeos and and how did this all just take us back like how did it go from you just wanting to buy a horse to all these different you know uh monetization strategies you've got going on well uh let's let's take it back to let's say 2010 uh in 2010 uh I went back on active duty and I uh uh got stationed at US Central Command uh, here in Tampa, Florida, and uh, you know, kind of starting life over a little bit. You know, had gone through a, a really ugly divorce, and and just you know needed to just kind of start over, so to speak. So I, I get to U.S. Central Command in 2010, and um, I'm there for probably about a month, maybe a month and a half. And and one day, a coworker uh, says to me, "Hey, I, I've got a." get going after work um I've got to go uh she actually said she needed to pick up her trailer so she was she was a female and I'm like we, we tell them I'll pick up a trailer and she said oh my horse trailer is in the shop and I gotta go pick it up so I go wow you have horses and she's like yeah and I said oh I'd really like to come see them one day so uh probably like maybe two or three weeks later she she told me that you know I could come up to the place where she was keeping her horses that so uh we make the journey and and you know I'm I'm seeing all these horses and I'm just thinking like, wow, you know, this is really cool. So there was one particular horse at the place that was, you know, kind of running around. I, I thought the horse really looked nice. And I said, wow, that that's a nice looking horse. And the lady who ran the place said, um, yeah, the uh owner's uh daughter is going away to college and they're looking at selling the horse. So, so keep in mind that, you know, I've just moved to Florida. It was, I think, May or so, um, know nothing about horses. So, uh, on the ride back home, I said to my friend, I said, wow, I said, I've always wanted to own a horse. And, um, you know, she had some conversation with me and she didn't pay it much attention. I mean, people always get excited around horses. So I started thinking about it and, um. I started just, you know, getting it in my head that man, here's a horse for sale. So uh, fast forward, maybe about three weeks later, uh, I say, "Man, I'm thinking about buying this horse." And I asked my my coworker, I said, "Hey, will you will you help me out because you know I don't know too much?" And she agreed to help me out. And needless to say. 3 weeks later I buy this horse I know absolutely nothing about horses YouTube becomes my best friend I start you know reading books I start just engulfing myself into this whole horse thing so uh now it's like I'm obsessed with it I'm I'm staying up late every night I'm watching videos I'm reading books I'm trying to learn as much as I can about what to do with this horse so uh a lot of the lessons that I learned were the hard way because I, I would not recommend somebody that knows absolutely nothing about horses just reading a couple books and watching a couple videos and then purchasing a horse. But you know, as an alpha man, we we take on challenges. Uh alphas are used to those kind of things. So I just engulfed myself in it and uh you know started learning a lot of things and uh just just kind of took to it and uh then as i started learning things um i learned about horse behavior and unfortunately the horse that i had got he really had not been rode a lot okay. so he wasn't a horse that was very easy to deal with so i had to kind of learn and overcome all of those challenges and then you know i eventually started riding him and uh my daughter i think madison was like maybe 12 or so at the time she would come down to visit me well you know I can't go horseback riding with one horse. So I said, I need a a a kid-friendly, safe horse for my daughter. So I get another horse. So now she has her own horse. So, you know, we started doing that bonding. And then one day somebody asked me, like, okay, now that you're riding your horses, what do you want to do with them? And I what do you I didn't understand that concept? What do you want to do with them? Like, okay there's different equine sports and different equine events that you do with your horses. So I happened to see this ad for Mm -hmm. cowboy mounted shooting. And I started Googling it, looking up, and I saw these guys like running on horses and, you know, shooting off them. And I thought, man, that's, that's some real, you know, cool stuff. So the place that said, you know, you can come out and participate in the training or whatever. So, Being a true alpha man, I I stepped up and, you know, showed up at the place with my horse that I've had, like all of maybe 60 days now. I really don't know how to ride, but, you know, I show up at the place, I watch a couple guys and girls, and I'm like, okay, you know, give me the guns, my turn. And literally the first time I ran a horse through a course, I hit like seven out of 10 targets. And I thought, okay, I just need a little practice. Well, what I didn't realize was the horse was so scared, he just literally ran through it. And I just got lucky enough to to get a few shots. <laughs> off. So the next go round comes and it's my turn again. And I go and the horse just starts acting up. Well, I I don't know what to do. So I'm trying to, you know, keep the horse calm and everything. And then he starts trying to go through the course, and then literally the horse rears up so high that i come flying off the horse well i played four years of college football i played high school midget league we've always been taught when you get a hard hit you jump up you shake yourself off so i come off the horse i jump up i shake myself off and then you know somebody is kind enough to kind of put their arm around me and say hey buddy uh we admire your courage but uh (laughs) you need some training and your horse really needs some training. (laughs) So it's like, okay. I mean, I I was grateful for that. And then um, the horse wound up staying at that particular place to get some training, but the horse just didn't want to do that particular sport. So um, he stopped eating actually. Mm -hmm. He just refused to be around it. And, you know, now it was like, Oh crap, I found something that I like, but I don't have a horse. So then I start searching, and uh, I get another horse. So this and is horse number three. This is horse number three, <laughs> and and it, it takes anywhere from maybe uh, six months to a year, maybe even longer, to really train a horse for mounted shooting. Some horses take the shooting more naturally than others, and this particular horse that I got kind of took to it. So uh that was half the battle. And then I had to start working on learning how to ride better and faster and so forth. So uh I get this other horse, I start doing mounted shooting, and um then I'm just you know kicking around ideas and you know eventually it gets to a point where it's like, okay, what do I want to do with all this? Where am I going with it? Right. Nice. So um I decide that uh uh I think maybe like after about a year or so of doing this. I wanted to, uh, expand my horizons and, you know, obviously horses are, are a huge expense. So, you know, you're looking for some ways to kind of cover some of your overhead, so to speak. So, um, I decided to start like taking people out for rides and stuff like that. And, and, um, now it's like, okay, you got these three horses and now you need a place for them, a, a bigger place for them and so forth. And um hooked up with with somebody who was you know just a perfect person for me to to get involved with and made that transition and um now it's like you know people are interested and it's like okay well you really only have three horses so um you know wound up getting another horse I mean all each horse that I have like right now I I own uh eight horses and each one of them have a different story of how they you know came about and so forth And and I won't go into all the details of that but The bottom line is I I launched this business in 2013. I I went into business and um, I'm still trying to figure out stuff to do and and how I want to go about this, but I get fascinated. Uh, I had attended the Bill Pickett Invitational Rodeo when I returned home from Iraq back in 2007. And um, that rodeo was very fascinating to me to see all of these uh, uh, people uh, of color Uh, African-Americans doing this rodeo. And and I had no idea that this culture even existed. Mm -hmm. So uh, one day I'm sitting at my desk and I I kind of thought like, man, I wonder if that rodeo is still going on. I mean, I didn't know the whole history of it. So I literally called the owner, uh, uh, called the rodeos uh, association up and the owner just happens to pick the phone up. And I think this was like maybe, but this was actually, I'm getting my stories a little bit mixed up. This is probably like 2011. This was before I actually went into business. So I call him up and I said, Hey, I, I would love to, to help out with your rodeo. Um, you know, is that possible? So he, he starts like naming some rodeo events, like trying to see what I knew about rodeo and everything he asked me. I didn't know I was clueless. Mm-hmm. So finally the guy says, well, I'll tell you what, he said, our next rodeo is in Kansas City, Missouri. He said, you come on out here and we'll find something for you to do. So literally two weeks later, I jump on a plane from Tampa. I fly to Missouri. He tells me who to find when I get there. A guy by the name of Seth Kings, God rest his soul. He was a big mentor to me. Uh, I hook up with this guy and uh, I start like learning about the rodeo world. So, literally, for from 2011 up until 2013, before I actually went into business, I go to these rodeos traveling like, you yeah. know, 900 miles with two horses and just trying to help out, just trying to learn as much as I can. So, every every year that I'm kind of, you know, being involved with this rodeo, I'm trying to convince the uh, promoter, the owner, a guy by the name of Lou Hassan, God bless his soul, because, you know, he gave me a big start. I try to convince him to come to Tampa and put his rodeo on here in Tampa and just kind of like, let me be his lead person. So we were in uh, uh, Tennessee at one of the events and we're having breakfast and this was in 2012. And I throw my pitch at Lou, I've been doing this for like two, three years now, trying to get the radio to come here and he turns to me and he says, well, how many rodeos have you put on? I said, well, none. He goes. My point exactly. And he kept eating his food. And right at that moment, I said to myself, you know what? I'm going to put on my own rodeo. So in 2013, after just having horses for maybe three years, not knowing, I mean, I learned a little bit of stuff. I did more research and I made a decision to put this rodeo on. And in 2013, I had my first uh, rodeo called Rodeo Fest. And I've had that rodeo every year since, uh, with the exception of last year because of COVID. Uh, putting on my own rodeo right here in Tampa. So now what, what consists of what qualifies an event as a rodeo? Okay, so a rodeo usually consists of uh different events such as bull riding. Uh you could have calf roping where you have to run your horse and rope a calf. Ah, uh, you have what's called uh, steer wrestling, uh, which was actually invented by uh, a black cowboy by the name of Bill Pickett, uh, where you jump off the horse and you wrestle a steer to the ground. Uh, you could have mounted shooting at a rodeo. Um, we do a four-horse relay race, which is just like a track race, but you're you're running four horses passing a baton, racing against the clock, and another sport called barrel racing. Uh, and then two years ago, we added a sport called mutton busting, which is primarily for kids. They that's how they kind of get used to riding bulls and steers and things. They they're riding sheep. So um, I started that rodeo in in 2013, and uh, that kind of took off. And then uh, one of the local municipalities here in Florida called uh, Pinellas Park. Um, they approached me and said, hey, we have this annual rib cook-off and we'd like for you to put a rodeo on for our city. So I've been doing that rodeo for about the last six years. And all this time, I'm still uh, going to help out at the Bill Pickett Rodeo, You know, learning to to do different things in there. They had me tracking steers and calves when they need to go back into the shoe. Um, just whatever kind of needed to be done, I was a hand for, for that rodeo and continued to be affiliated with it and um just kept launching my business and and you know getting more people to, to ride and then i started teaching people and, and now i have adults and kids to come out to my ranch and, and learn how to ride and you know i for a while there it's just like everything i was doing was just horse related so uh it's something that i'm very passionate about uh, i enjoy it uh watching somebody go from uh, not knowing anything about horses to, to learning how to ride and then i host a couple of local events uh, at my ranch once a month where people come and compete. So, um, air and at the rodeo, uh, I serve as the announcer. Uh, so I, I announced the whole rodeo and, you know, kind of be the MC, so to speak. And, um, I guess my skills have kind of paid off. Uh, I'm headed to, uh, Las Vegas this weekend to Thanks. be the, to be the co-announcer For this same rodeo that I started out with, the Bill Pickett Invitational Rodeo has uh, partnered up with the Professional Bull Riding Association and they're hosting a special rodeo in Las Vegas featuring uh, the top African-American cowboys in the United States. And and again, I'll be the uh, co-announcer for that event. That's incredible. Now, do you go as Gus Trent? Yes, I mean I'm I'm Gus Trent. I mean you know if uh, if uh, P Diddy is really Sean Combs, that's okay. And if Sean Cotter is Jay Z, then Ware can be Gus Trent. I mean that's now, that's what, my alias. What's the origin of that name? Because it's a it's a cool name, and and I'm sure that having that name associated with being, you know, you know, uh, organizer of a black rodeo, there can't be that many. Well, let let me be honest about how all that came about. Yeah, when, when I first started mounted shooting, the organization that I uh, initially joined, uh, you had to have an alias. Okay, that was part of it. So everybody, I actually have a registered alias, um, and you had to be known as that. So. Uh, one of my favorite mo- movies is Lonesome Dove. And there was a gentleman by, that was portrayed by uh, Robert uh, Robert Duvall uh, named Augustus McCrae, Captain Augustus McCray, And I, I. they all called him Gus. So I just liked that Gus. And I just added the Trent. And being the alpha guy that I am, that just sounded cool. So I became <laughs> Gus Trent. So um, that's what everybody in the horse community knows me as. Uh it's so funny, my, my dad, uh when this all first started came down to visit and we were at a horse event and everybody's talking to my dad about, you know, Gus this, Gus, that and my dad turns to the guy and said, Well, who, who's Gus? And they point <laughs> and it's me. So, you know, it, it just kind of took on uh a, a whole life. Yeah. Um, you know, but deep down inside it's still the same person, but um yeah. mostly everybody in the equine community knows me as Gus Trent. Now let's talk about your dad a bit because he grew up in Pittsburgh. He, when I, when we were working together in Alpha East, you were, you were working at his print shop. Right. My, my father uh, owned uh, a commercial printing company in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, um, and straight out of college. And for many, many years, I uh, worked with him, uh, worked for him, I should say, because he always made it clear that it was his company. And, you know, he used to have the saying that he would be the last man standing. So he was the last man standing when I went back on active duty. But yes, I, I worked with him. He, he um, did commercial printing and I started at the bottom, you know, working uh, at the lowest level in the bindery uh, and then just kind of working my way up. And I eventually became a production manager for his company. But, uh, you know, that was a great experience. But all during that time, I was, you know, always leaving and, you know, I, mm-hmm. 1990 to 91 i I spent six months in the first gulf war and uh, i've had all kind of of crazy assignments not crazy assignments but all kind of different things i've served in 11 different countries uh i spent two straight years in uh, afghanistan and iraq so i've just you know been blessed and fortunate to do a lot of things in my life i taught military science at uh, youngstown state university two years and, and that was like a, a big joke amongst some of my my childhood friends like you teaching at the college level you barely graduated high school but you know I've, I've always been a determined guy and uh, whenever somebody's told me I can't do something it's always driven me to prove them wrong and, and that's just kind of the way I live my life that if um, I have a challenge in front of me I'm going to take it on and, and I'm going to go all in so that's that's where I'm at. And then some. Now, were there any lessons you learned from your dad, like entrepreneurial lessons that you think carried over into the regular business? I, I think the determination and the self-sufficiency and, and understanding that if you want something, you have to work for it. I mean, my father never gave me any I mean, gave me anything, so to speak. I mean, he gave me a lot of wisdom and those type of things. But. Um, the longest, I I used to didn't really like telling people that I worked for his company because they assumed that, you know, I had it made, which I didn't. I mean, there was plenty of times where my dad was like, well, son, there's a door. If you don't like it, you know, don't let it hit you on the way out. So, uh, just those business lessons of, of integrity, uh, doing what's right, treating people with fairness and, uh, you know, I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful that I have, uh, you know, unfortunately, my mom passed away uh, back in 1999. But, um, you know, she was very instrumental in, in shaping me with determination. But you know, obviously, my dad, uh, working with him and, and just learning those life lessons about business. And I would say the biggest thing was just, you know, having integrity, you know, do right by people, you want people to have a good time and, and just be honest. Yeah, I well, you know, I mean, that's awesome. And I I have some rapid fire questions to go sure. back to the horses again. What does a horse cost? You're just buying horses like pairs of jeans, but I, I know well, that they're expensive. So, so here's the way it works. I mean, you can get a horse for free, and you can pay up to you know three, four hundred thousand dollars for a horse. It all depends upon what the horse is trained for. The okay. horse's lineage, like what the horses, is, there's a thing called, there's a, a horse registered. Like if you have a horse, they have horse registry. So you can know the parents of a horse, the grandparents, the the, the 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 sires, everything about that horse is in a registry. So a horse that's registered normally draws more money than a horse that's unregistered. So then you go back to the training aspect. A horse has to be trained to do whatever event it is you want it to do. So. Most people think, like I thought, you can just take a horse and, you know, you saw the movies and all horses can do everything. It doesn't work that way. So, you know, you could get a horse for a thousand bucks and he may not be able to do nothing. Um, and, and again, sometimes people pay a lot of money for a horse and it still doesn't always work out. So the the price range is is kind of tricky, but you know, if you just were looking for like a horse just to ride around and have a little bit of fun on, you may get a horse like that for maybe, you know, 2000 bucks or something like that. But the more time that's put on a horse and the more that the horse is trained for, the more valuable the horse is uh, going to cost. And some horses are bred for different events. So, and that's where that registry comes into place. If you know the horse's lineage and, you know, so so things like that, but. Um, And then sometimes you can take a horse like I, I have that that very first horse that I bought that gave me all that trouble. I still have that horse. He's 24 years old. And I will tell you that there were times where I couldn't stand that horse, where I literally was ready to just get rid of him because he had a quirky personality. But over time. Uh he developed and he's a lot more valuable now because he's a great kid horse. Like I can take a kid that's never really been around horses and put that kid on that horse and he's gonna take care of him. Whereas in there was times that Joker would, you know, give me all kind of heck. I remember one time I literally got so upset with him because he did something crazy and I said, Man, if you do one more thing wrong, you are out of here. And I kid you not, that horse was a saint for about two or three months because I I meant it. I got so frustrated. And that's one of the things that, that helped me in life. I will be honest that prior to getting involved with horses, I wasn't the most patient person. And if you don't have patience, you're not going to make it with a horse. And that is something that really changed me as a person because I was the type of guy, especially being in the military, if you couldn't catch on to something quick, you know, I was moving on and you just can't do that with horses. You know, they, they really humble you. Yeah. That, no, that's, that's a great takeaway there. And I firmly believe the universe kind of bends in our direction when we're on the right path, because you meeting that woman in Tampa, you know, it was no coincidence. You know, you, you had this, you were manifesting this, that you, you wanted to get a horse and the opportunity kind of presented itself. But what about, the land, the ranch that you have now, did that come before you started buying horses or did you buy a horse and then, say, and then try to... No, when I first started out, I was keeping my horse at a boarding facility. Okay. And then I, I don't wanna get into all the business arrangements, but um, I mentioned this individual earlier on who, who yeah. was very, very dear to me and, and yeah. we were able to work some things out. So you didn't do like the concrete cowboy move where you kept it in your apartment? No man, I I don't I don't even want to comment on that. I mean, you know, everything has its purpose, but you know, those kind of situations aren't aren't realistic. I mean, could it happen? Yes. Um, but you know, not 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 the way I see it. Not yep. not from what I've experienced. And what makes a responsible uh, owner, because uh you mentioned the, the, the registries that made me think of uh you know the AKC with with dogs and how you you know some are bred to be show dogs and so forth and but it's also about being responsible buying from a responsible breeder but also being a responsible owner and from what i could tell my experience you know my wife and i had a wonderful time there and and we thank you for for your hospitality um what's it like caring you know uh, what makes a responsible caretaker for these for these beautiful animals well Part of it is economics, is a lot of people get themselves in trouble because they get emotionally attached to a horse. Mm. And no matter what, a, a horse boils down to about four different things: uh good hay, good feed, water, and, and just general care. If you if you put together those four combinations, and, and where people get into trouble is like, let's say, for example, like every time that I got another horse. I was making sure that I could afford that horse because you have to be prepared for the unexpected. If a horse gets sick, I mean, you can't let a horse suffer. You're gonna have to call the vet if it's if it's that serious. And, and that's gonna be an expensive thing if the vet comes out. Um, and then sometimes you gotta know when to cut your losses with the horse. As much as you're attached to it, you know, I, I know people that have gone into exploratory surgeries and all these different things. And they have spent thousands of dollars on a horse that just doesn't carry that value. Mm. So um, that's where people get themselves in trouble. Unfortunately, like if you have a horse and and nobody's going to be willing to take the horse from you, you're still legally responsible for it. There is no goodwill for horses. Like you can't just give a horse away unless somebody's willing to accept ownership of it. So um, unfortunately, you know, people start with, OK, maybe I'll feed the horse every other day. He'll be OK. Uh, and then, you know, every other day turns into, well, if I just you you can turn a horse out on just a grass pasture. But, you know, you've got to have that kind of a land and space. Um, and the general rule is normally about uh, an acre uh Per horse, mm-hmm. So, you know, you, you get all these horses, if you're not supplementing them with hay, then you got to have the grass for them. So, you know, people get themselves. I've seen it happen over and over again. And it, and it not, not necessarily bad people, but they just get emotionally attached. And then they wait till the horse is in bad shape. Then, you know, the, the uh, animal control has to come in and, and seize it from you. Now you're facing all kind of fines. And you should have made a decision when this first started declining to try to get rid of the horse when the horse had better value and then sometimes you know these rescue places they take in these horses and they they keep taking them in and the next thing you know they're in trouble because you know they mostly operate off of donations well you know if it, if you're putting out five hundred dollars a month for a horse's care and now you've got you know three horses but you only got a thousand bucks you're taking in something's going to be short right now we, we joked about all the different revenue streams you, you've you had, and I think it's admirable that you jumped into this and 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 sought out mentors. You know, you put yourself out of your comfort zone you followed your passion. I really think a lot of this is going to be valuable to our listeners. Um, but what what do you see if you had a crystal ball for the future of, of the Gus Trent horse ranch? What do you want to do more of more teaching? more rodeos like what makes you happy there at the ranch i would say the biggest thing i get pleasure out of is teaching mm-hmm. like when i when i see a kid that shows up at my place that that may be scared to even touch a horse mm-hmm. and after i spend time with them uh they they want to get on the horse and then after they get on the horse they they get more comfortable not just with kids but even with adults like like i have a uh a, a senior couple they're both uh the husband is 73 and the wife is 71. So they both got to a point where they got pretty comfortable and they actually competed at some of the events that I had at my ranch. So so to watch them have that kind of confidence and, and really get into it. And the same thing with kids, when um you know they you see them making that progress and then they're no longer like I have a young lady that's been training with me for about Ari's been with me for probably, I'm going to say two or three years now. She just finally got her own horse about six months ago. And to see where she's gone from, you know, not really having a lot of confidence to actually competing and winning. She went to an event about a month ago and won first place in her division. Uh, and, And she is really just killing it on this horse. So I I was able to coach her and help her pick out, you know, the right horse for her abilities. And uh, that's really rewarding to me. So, um, you know, actually, I kind of scaled back a little bit on my public stuff and started doing more private lessons because I I just get more pleasure out of that. I mean, there's been times where I rode with people from sunup to sundown. And, you know, that's fine and all. But my biggest pleasure and what makes me happy is is teaching and, and seeing people excel. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Now, what are you doing for marketing? Uh, how how are you promoting the ranch? Most of my stuff is done through social media via Facebook, uh Instagram, and uh what's the other one? I always forget. Uh, Instagram, Facebook. Are were on and- TikTok? Yeah, my daughter taught me how to do TikTok <laughs> videos. So, I I was shocked with that. I did one and within a couple hours, I think I had like 580 views. Uh, but I would say social media is the most part. Um, I, I've been fortunate that the uh, the Visitors Bureau of the state of Florida came out to my ranch and and, and did a promotional video for tourism that's on YouTube. Mm-hmm. So um, and, and word of mouth, you know, when somebody usually comes out, they're going to tell somebody else about their experience. Um, I, I did have I did run some campaigns on Groupon that that became very successful. Uh, lots of good reviews. And, and I really go out of my way to try to make people feel comfortable and have a good time. Uh, so, you know, that's how I mostly promote it. Have you done anything with special needs children? I, I've seen I have. I, I, I've had several special needs kids. Actually, a, a young man, Ryan was like nine. He trained with me for about two years. He had autism. Mm-hmm. And, and what was so remarkable about this this kid was I could teach him to do something one time, mm-hmm. and he he'd pick it up he would pick it up and and actually, if I didn't tell people that he was autistic, they wouldn't know because you know he he would just be so committed to doing stuff he'd get frustrated every once in a while but i, I never made too many exceptions for him and uh he he was doing really good and he he just started doing other things with his grandfather they started going camping and fishing, and he just kind of drifted away from it a little bit but um, I've had other special needs uh, come, kids come out that have either had learning disabilities or something of that effect, and and you um, know that's also rewarding to watch them develop a little bit, and, and that was a learning experience for me because I had never done that before. But um, and and there are some facilities that specialize in, in just special needs, and that's the the great thing about horses is that they can pretty much. Uh, Uh, adapt to to any situation. I had a friend of mine, uh, rest his soul, he passed away, that uh, unfortunately, he had both his legs amputated uh, because of diabetes. Wow. And, And David literally, one of our goals was to get him back riding again after he went through rehab. So after about nine months of rehab, we literally got him back on the horse and that guy would come out to my ranch and ride and as long as he had jeans on, people didn't even know he was a double amputee. Wow. And, wow. and that to me was like, you know, showing a lot of courage. As a matter of fact, he was a prankster too. Uh, sometimes when he would go out on rides with me and he'd be like coaching people how to use their legs and stuff, he would like, because he had a prosthetic, he could twist his, his prosthetic almost like all the way around. <laughs> and and he he'd be telling people, you know, twist your leg like this and he twist that prosthetic and they'd be sitting there trying to twist their leg and then he would just like pull his pant leg up and show them the rod and they would just bust out laughing i mean yeah, that's hilarious yeah yeah he was quite a who he was quite a who what's been your your uh since you since you started this new chapter in your life and by the way if i had one word to take away was that you just seemed so happy and at peace um when i saw you cuz it's been some years since we connected but What's been your greatest achievement and, and also what's been your biggest failure since you started this business? I would say my biggest achievement is finally finding total peace and serenity in yeah. my life. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, spending as much time I did in war zones and and just, you know, dealing with loss of life and things like that and just normal stresses and. Yeah. and you know, losses of of my mother, my mother literally uh, at 63, she took her last breath in my arms. She fought fought cancer for about uh, two years and she had some other medical issues, but like literally, you know, having somebody that raised you uh, take their last dying breath in your arms. I mean, that was just incredible. So, you know, obviously there was a lot of sadness with that, but I, I would just say, and I've reached that point where um, you know, I got remarried uh, three years ago and, and, and met a lady up from my church that um, just is truly an amazing person that that's right for me and and we get along great and, and she's been with me through this whole uh, you know process as far as as building what I've built and um, I would just say that just reaching that sincere happiness, I mean horses have been a great deal of that. Uh, obviously the fraternity having good fraternity brothers and, and good friends and family because everybody has is, is rallied behind me with this whole, uh, you know, venture and everything. And, um, you know, that's been great. And, I, and I, I'll share one other thing, but you hold on? Yeah. I don't know if I mentioned it to you, but you know, I, I wrote a book, Grace, Mercy and Determination, the life story of uh, uh, Gus Trent, AKA Harlem Ware. So, you know uh this is available uh for, for purchase but you know this was like healing for me this this was was putting a lot of my uh struggles that i had you know early in in, in life because i i was not always a uh, a stellar uh citizen should i say i i had some difficulties uh in school struggling to learn and and just behave myself and um you know overcame a lot of those things started uh, drinking at 13 years old. And, you know, that's not good. Um, and we're just, you know, low self-esteem at one point, believe it or not, I really had low self-esteem, didn't believe in myself. And I think sports helped me overcome those things. Uh, but, but again, you know, writing that book was just like therapy for me. And then, and, and also going through the struggles of a divorce, that was very painful to go through that process. But you know, I would tell people, you know, surrender your life. I don't preach religion to people, but surrender your life to God and you will be amazed of what you can do. Because Amen. every everything that I've talked about today was a process and and it was God's, you know, I, I had these desires and God said, hey, listen. If you believe in me, I'm gonna get you through all of this. Mm-hmm. And and I will tell you that I've had some some dark times going through this divorce process and and literally losing everything that I had, uh, coming here to Florida with everything I owned in my vehicle, leaving everything behind and, and starting over. So uh I'm grateful for that. So mm-hmm. and then you asked me also what would be a, a failure? Um <sighs> I would say the the biggest thing that I felt that I think was marriage the the first time around Um, and obviously, you know, made those made mistakes and um, learned from them. And I'm a better person as a result of it. But, you know, you just have to be determined. I mean, that's that's one thing that I pride myself in. If I make up my mind that I want to do something, regardless of what it is. I mean, when I first said I wanted to do a rodeo, there were people in the rodeo business that literally laughed at me. Yeah. And said, you, you don't have enough experience. You don't know what you're doing. And and there was a well-known guy here in, in, in the Tampa area. And everybody kept selling, telling me I needed to go talk to this guy. And, um, you know, I went and talked to him. And, and he he spent a lot of time with me. But everything was telling me I, I shouldn't be doing it. I was wasting my time. But I listened. And, and I learned some things from him. But what he didn't know was my determination. So uh, those are some of the things that have just carried me is if you make up your mind that you want to do something. And I always tell people that, uh, especially young folks, success only becomes before work in the dictionary. You've got to put the work in to be successful. That's right. Now, where could could our listeners find your book? Because I'm sure it's very inspiring. Uh, If you just go to uh, my website, GusTrentHorsebackRiding.com. Uh, you can order that book or you could just send me a message. Uh, you can reach me by phone. Uh, my phone number is 412-592-6916. You could just send me a text and say, Hey, I'd like a copy of the book and I'll send it directly to you. Um, or you can go to, to my website and, and get it. But, um, you know, God's just been really good to me, man. I mean, yeah. but people like you in my life a long time ago. I mean, when you called me and told me you and the wife wanted to come, it was like, wow, man, I know this dude from way back and he still remembers me, you know? Mm-hmm. And 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 as I recall, you and I didn't always agree on things, but we were always were fraternal and brotherly right. towards one another. And and I'm proud of you for the accomplishments that you have done with, with your brand. And uh, I'm just, you know, like I say, God works in mysterious ways. And you know, we reconnected and, and it brings back so many fond memories Yeah, and, uh, you're doing great stuff, man. Thank you, man. Thank you. And let's close out by having you promote the rodeo that's coming up. This is a pretty big deal. So, so my annual rodeo is coming up August 28th here in Tampa, Florida. It's called Rodeo Fest. So if you just Google Tampa Rodeo Fest, there's a, a whole page that'll come up on that through, uh, our website called ticketleap.com. And it has all the details about the rodeo, but it's a full blown event. Uh, we're going to host a uh, picnic out at my ranch, the Friday before the rodeo, uh, the Saturday rodeo. So if you're in town you can come on out to the ranch and, you know, see the ranch and see the horses and everything. And uh, just come on out. If you've never been to a rodeo, this is a great time. And Ramon can, can attest to Tampa being a nice area to come yeah. and visit. And, and I'll throw a plug in for the Bucs. I mean, we are the home of the Tampa <laughs> Bay Bucs. So, you, you know, you can come to, to Tampa. Super Bowl and, Champs. And, yeah. See the Super Bowl uh, Buccaneers. And there's lots of stuff to do here. So if you want to make a weekend out of it, you know, come on to Tampa. i would be glad to host you. Yeah, man. I can't wait to come see you again. I'll certainly make another visit. For sure. Looking forward to it. Well, thank you. Thank you for being on our show. You've been very inspirational. Um, I'm sure our listeners are gonna are gonna reach out to you through the website, get the book, contact you. Yeah. Um, thank you. You can, you can also reach me on Facebook at Gus Trent as well. So, excellent. Again, yeah. Thank you so much, Ramon. I appreciate it, man. Much love. Same here, man. Likewise. Great. God bless. Okay. Oh six. Oh six. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of Mission Control. Until next time, this is Ramon Peralta with Peralta Design and We Launch Brands. Thank you for taking this journey with us. To learn more about Peralta Design and our work, go to www.peraltadesign.com and subscribe to keep up with the crew.